Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. Happy New Year. I decided to leave out my normal intro for this particular episode because of the subject matter. First of all, it's something I would have never imagined talking about on this episode or on this podcast, but um, I really wanted to share my experience working with my client and yeah, and just how it profoundly changed me. And, um, you know, they say that death is a part of living. It's a part of life. It's the one constant that we know is going to inevitably happen, but it's a whole other story when you are going through it with somebody. And yeah, I just, I wanted to share my experience. So without further ado, here it is. About not quite a year ago, but sometime in February, I had a client that was referred to me through a very, a wonderful client of mine um, who was battling, uh, and I hate to say that word battling, but who had a reoccurrence of cancer. And I never really spoke about this to, to many people um, because initially when she reached out, this was, she explained to me that she had had um, breast cancer a few years back and then she went into remission and then now it's come back, not breast cancer, but a different form of cancer and it's spread. And so she's looking into alternative modes of healing, right? So previous time she was able to heal it through traditional Western medicine. This time around, it was a lot more aggressive. It's considered stage four because it's reoccurred. And she she knew with the work that I was doing with her friend that um, she just sounded really interested and was ready, of course, ready to dive into something totally and completely different that um, was going to open her up, so to speak, to a new way of thinking about what what was happening to her, right? So when I first met her, my initial feeling was, God, you know, she doesn't seem sick to me at all. Like, in fact, she seems like just, she seems like me or like anybody that would come to me, any client that would come to me that um, perhaps is going through something really challenging. So that's how I really looked at her the whole time. I, I said, you can use, you know, this cancer or this illness as your greatest teacher, right? To as the invitation to for your greatest expansion. Like it's here for a reason, and we want to understand what that reason is, um, because there are no coincidences or accidents, right? And a lot of times, when somebody has a major um, any sort of illness, any sort of disease, it's the soul sort of calling forth, like, "Hey, it's time to wake up." right? It's time to now make some serious changes because usually somebody like that, usually, not all, I mean, I don't, I can't account for every single person who has cancer, but usually there's some sort of, um, what's the word I want to use? Some sort of deviation from who they really are, right? From your true self. And I remember years ago, I, I listened to a Marianne Williamson talk. I was actually there live in New York City and one of the um, the attendees was this woman named Chris Carr. And she walked up to Chris Carr, who at the time I had no idea who she was. This is probably close to 15 years ago. And she said, this is Chris Carr, who has written a book called Crazy Sexy Cancer, who is still has this rare form of cancer, but she is living and thriving and she changed her life. She's like, Chris, what do you have to say for 
for this, you know, experience that you've been moving through with, with cancer. And she's like, if you allow it, cancer can be your greatest teacher. And I never forgot that because number one, it wasn't like, I, it just, I felt that deeply in my soul. Like this is a woman who took what could be considered like the worst, you know, diagnosis ever, like a death sentence. And she turned it into her greatest teacher, her greatest expansion. And she's still living right now. She has this very rare form of cancer and she's never done traditional Western medicine. She's never done chemo. She's just completely changed it through her diet and through a bunch of other stuff. And you can look her up. I can even uh, leave a little link in the show notes about her. So when this woman, or when I took this client on, when we started to work together and I said to her, there's another way to look at this, she was completely open and we did a bunch of different kinds of techniques, right? I I did soul readings with her. We did belief clearings. um, I gave her a few other acts to do, which really was about shifting her perspective on all of it. I gave her so many tools and resources and I really just wanted to get to know her because I thought my real job here is to get her to, or guide her to remember who she really is, right? Not, she's not somebody who has this disease. She's not somebody who has this diagnosis. She is so much more than this. And so my only job was to remind her of that, to guide her there. And so it was interesting because she initially told me when we were doing, you know, the belief clearings and stuff, she's like, I don't remember much of my childhood. Um, I just remember I really hated it. And I, you know, she had a lot of resentment around her childhood, which a lot of people do. And what was interesting is when I was doing um, soul readings with her, her soul kept showing me all of these memories, all of these beautiful memories. Like, And she would essentially be like, oh my God, I totally forgot that I did that. Or I can't believe that. Or, yeah, that's right. That did happen. And and she, her face would just light up and because she was remembering. It's like they were filling in all these blanks. Because when you say that you hate your childhood, you are basically... Um, putting a big blanket over your entire childhood, which also has a lot of good fun memories. You know, nobody had a horrible, horrible experience all the way through. There were still some experiences of love and joy and inspiration and feelings of belonging and all of that stuff, right? So when you say you, it's almost like that movie, which I love, The um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. If you haven't seen it, it's with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. But in the movie, he tries to erase all of the memories of his ex-girlfriend, right? Because it's just too painful. And what he realizes is when he erases them, he's also erasing the good memories. And so there's this moment in the movie where he has to make a choice, like erase her completely or keep it all, you know? And um, and so that's that's essentially what we all do is we we have this story we carried around like this is this was what happened in my childhood and we stick to that story and so we continue to tell it that way and we lose sight of who we really are so right away i i knew that my my job or my my only real purpose with working with her was to just remind her of who she really is and to and to really essentially give her a sense of you know this is here for you. 
right? Even though we can't see it yet, this is still here for you, you know? And, and she was so open to all of it. And it was just a beautiful experience to see her transform and to read her words. I mean, she was a very, very gifted writer and the way that she would um, express herself. I told her all the time, like, you should write a book. Like, I feel like these are chapters in your book, you know? And, um, and anyways, one of the things that I, learned from her. I mean, there was many, but one of the main things was, was, you know, I, I essentially like you, I'm sure, or many of you that are listening, I was afraid of, of death and talking about death. And I, I didn't want to engage in that. I didn't want to be around people probably subconsciously because I didn't want to be reminded of my own mortality that, that somehow that my life could end at any moment. And, and really that bigger question you know, remained, which was like, am I living my, my fullest potential? You know, I think, you know, that's probably what scares us from most of us from being around people who, um, have an illness or, um, some sort of something happens to them and they only have a certain amount of time to live is that we start to think about what would we do with that time, you know, and are we truly living our our greatest potential? And then if we realize that we aren't, it's this like devastating awakening, right? But that's kind of the beautiful thing about it. It's like working with her made me realize like I am living my fullest potential. Like it, this is the work that I came here to do. And and I I learned so much around my own fears of not being attached so much to this reality, you know, that it can change in any moment. And am I truly living every moment to the degree that I want to or... or Am I truly being present? You know, all of these questions kind of um, kind of arose when I was working with her, and it was really interesting because I don't know if I mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast, but when I first started to do the psychic boot camp work and I learned how to develop my own intuitive skills and learn how to read souls and whatnot, um, there was a, a week where we were learning about mediumship, and I had never really had any interest in talking to spirits that have passed because I think I was just so caught up in the whole... Hollywood um, movie theme about it, which was like, I didn't want, you know, spirits to be like trying to contact me in the middle of the night. I was like, I don't want that, you know, so I was just not really interested. And also I hadn't had a lot of experience with um, souls that have passed in my life, you know, just my grandparents and things like that. But I don't think I had a real desire to connect with them. So it was interesting because I... I recently, actually during Thanksgiving, was invited to attend this three-day mediumship workshop, which was incredible. And the first night we were all sitting around, there was maybe about 12 or 14 of us, and we were talking about what it was like or, or our experiences with people that have passed on. And we were talking about death and we were talking about what does it mean for the soul to move on and transition. And um, it was just such a enlightening conversation to have with people who weren't afraid to talk about it. And, and in some ways I feel like I was only, I was being prepared to have that conversation. And I was being prepared to attend this workshop by working with, with her, you know? And like I said, she never seemed sick to me, even though she obviously was very, very, um, present and telling me how much pain she was in because of this treatment or that treatment. And I definitely, um, you know, experienced her in, in tremendous fear and anxiety. And I, I would try to, as much as I could really walk her down a path of being more neutral 
And, um, and that was essentially what I felt like I was meant to do was just to reflect back to her the possibility that, um, what, what is, isn't actually true and that she can shift it right through the way that she's relating to it and all that kind of stuff. And we worked on all kinds of things, you know, how to trusting her body. And, you know, I had her do a lot of reparenting exercises because of, you know, I realized that this time where she got to spend with her parents, um, was incredibly, healing for her, especially, you know, due to the fact that she didn't love the way that she grew up and she didn't have a lot of time with them. So it was like this really beautiful experience of getting that time back, you know? And one of the things that I really, I really, um, am realizing now that was so profound is that I, I think that there's a part of me that's always very hopeful and always believes in the miracle, right? You can be the exception. Don't listen to what the doctors say. Don't, you know, don't go on Google and start searching your diagnosis. Like, don't do all that stuff, right? Because it's like we, un- we see it and then we start to buy into it. And then we think that that's going to be our reality. And then you're kind of believing a future reality, which hasn't even happened yet, right? So when I was working with her, I didn't want to pump her with like false hope at the same time. I was always trying to offer this new possibility. There's still a possibility. All you need is a mustard seed of faith, right? And when she ended up going back into the hospital towards the end of, of when we were working together, she had sent me a message and she's like, well, I guess this is like, this is it. There's really not much more I, I can do. And I just said, but you're still here. You're still around. This is what I want you to do. I wanted her to get into her imagination because nobody can take your imagination away from you. And I said, I want you to imagine that you are creating this beautiful garden. And in this garden, you're going to be planting all the flowers that really are the essence of who you are. What would be those flowers? How would they smell? What, what colors would they be? You know, and when people walk into this garden, that is the essence of who you are. Like, how do you want them to feel? They're going to know right away when they walk into this garden. And in this garden, you're going to have, you know, your ancestors and your angels, all these people around. And I wanted her to feel like she wasn't alone. And that even if she did this, this active meditation, which is like really just conjuring up her imagination of the essence of who she really is, even if she did it like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, ever so often during the day, just to give her that break from the craziness of the hospital and the doctors and people checking on her and, and the looks on people's faces. Like I wanted, I just wanted to give her some reprise from that and some peace from that. And instead of just kind of waiting for this outcome, you know, and so she wrote back and she said, you know, thank you. I, I really like that. I like thinking like that, that, that is helpful, you know? And I think initially I gave her like, I want you to draw it because you know, I kept seeing her as an artist. Like she, she was just very, very talented in a lot of different ways. And, but she didn't have the energy to draw. And so she was like, it, it gives me, um, pleasure to think about and to dream about, you know? And then I didn't really hear from her for a while after that. And then I randomly heard from her and she, she ended up coming back home and was working through another round of like serious treatments. And, but I remember 
she only wanted to know about me and what was going on in Paris, you know? And so I felt like, okay, well, that's all I'll give her is whatever she needs. Whatever she needs from me is how I'm going to support her, you know? And so I didn't ask a lot of questions. I let her share if she wanted to, what was going on. I had no idea the severity or what was happening. I just, she asked a question. I shared, I shared some pictures of my walks along the Sin River. She was like, oh my God, that looks amazing. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of conjuring up or imagining I, I can be there one day, you know, all of that kind of thing. So that was it, you know? And then, um, I didn't hear from her for a while after that. And it was like this weird period of this unknown, not knowing if she was still here. I felt like she still was because I intuitively just said, you know, like, let me know if she does pass. And, um, I, and, and it was interesting because then I heard from her one last time and it was just a very short text. And I was like, what? You know, like she's, she's, she's here, you know, and it was so exciting. And then, and then that was it. And I just sat with that and I thought, did I make that up? Like, is she's, you know, like it was so, it's so interesting to move through something where you're kind of, it's like I was going through this for the first time. Um, and I wanted to really be present and not um, ask too many questions and allow her to really guide me because this was all very, very new. And, um, and then I received an email uh, from her closest friend that she had passed. And, um, and I just thought, like, wow, like, I, I don't know, I guess there was some obvious like disbelief and there was some you know, I I have to be honest, like I think part of me, of course, my ego definitely was like, I want to be that, I want to be able to heal her, right? Even though I know that's not my job, like I can't, like I have no idea like what the soul intends to learn and, and, and if they decide and if the soul is only here for a short time, you know, in this physical plane and then they move on to the non-physical, like that's none of my business. So, but I'm just saying and being honest, like my initial feeling when we worked together was like, wouldn't it be great if like she really shifted it and, and the work that we're doing together really, really changed. And she was able to have this like whole second act where the cancer was gone and she was going to live, you know, this totally beautiful, different life and all of these things. Of course I thought that, of course, you know, and I had to check myself and say, I can't, like, that's not my job. Like, I don't heal people. People heal themselves. People, you heal yourself. I can only guide you with, you know, all that I have to resources and to ways of, and to use tools and all that kind of stuff. But really, essentially, you heal yourself. And, and I, I remember I cleared a couple of beliefs around that, like something around, you know, I'm only, know that I'm doing a good job if, if my client has healed or something like that, like I had to clear that negotiation because I recognize that that's going to be in the way. If I have an attachment to how this person, to needing this person to change in order for me to what, to feel validated or to feel like I'm a good, I'm good at what I do. Like, no, like I know the work that we did was life-changing. She told me all the time. 
She literally told me and said many times, you are changing my life. Don't think for one second this isn't your calling. I mean, I... And maybe that was all... That was all that we were here, that we were here to do the work together, right? To get her to a place where she was able to transition and not carry all of the same karma and baggage into this next iteration or this next life, you know? And that was all, and and we did that work together. And she really did the work, you know? Um, I don't know. It's... It's very, very layered and nuanced, and um, and that's the thing. It's it's something that I've never really been through. So as I was walking through it, I was always like, I just did so much. Like I took a deep dive into Ram Das, and into um, just anybody that I really Ram Das because he spent many, many years with people that had. Um, terminal illnesses. He worked a lot with people with AIDS and hospice and all that kind of stuff because he's like, people that are dying have the most to teach me and to teach all of us because they show us like where we're holding all of our attachments, right? And he would just say that he would sit in rooms with people and there would be all these pictures of who they were um, in the, you know, before they had this illness. And he was like, God, it's just so much pressure on the person who's going through it, who's really kind of having little deaths all along, right? Because we talked about that. It's like a lot of it is about letting go of like who you think you are and embracing where you are and then this moment. And that's that's challenging in and of itself as somebody who's just living, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a very strange and mysterious thing, um, this whole process of, of dying and death and, and then what happens when somebody leaves and one thing I will say is that I did ask her, you know, is there any part of of death or dying that scares you? And we could talk about this and I want to be there for you. And she said that she wasn't afraid of that. You know, it was more about leaving and feeling the guilt of, of her parents and that kind of thing. And But to even have that kind of conversation is like, it's so, um, I don't know, I don't want to say mature, but evolved, I guess, because I didn't want to, um, I wasn't afraid to ask, you know, I wanted to be there for her in whatever way that she needed me. And I'm so glad because I think I would have regretted that. I would have regretted if I had just been like, oh, you can beat this and be the miracle and da 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 Like I, I would have regretted if I was only showing that one color, that one shade. And honestly, I don't even think that she would have wanted to work with me if that was my perspective. You know, I came in with the biggest open heart possible because I knew that this was also here for me. You know, what an honor and a privilege to have worked with her, to have known her, to have seen and witnessed her transformation, to have witnessed the way she viewed all of it, like how she was when we first met to when towards the end and just like, God, what a gift, what a gift to have known her. And now I'm, I'm sort of ready and embracing this new relationship that I 
am cultivating with her now that she has transitioned. And I know that sounds strange, but it doesn't feel strange at all because I opened up the document where we shared a lot of our work together, where she basically shared all of the writing prompts and every everything that we did together. And I was reading it and it just feels like she's still here. She's still with me. And I don't, although I know that she's not, it's like the love doesn't go away, right? The the essence of who she is is still with me and that she really wanted to change. Um, she had a passion for changing people's lives. She wanted people to know the work that she was doing was life life changing and and she wanted to make a big impact on people. And I, I said to her, you already are. You already are. And so I want to continue to learn from her um, because I haven't experienced anybody close to me that has passed in the way that she has. And even though we were working together, it was a different relationship. I still feel like I really got the essence of who she is, you know, and, and she really got to see that as well. And also... You know, we often think that the end result is the most important thing, and that's just so not true. You know, and I know it's hard to imagine when we're talking about, you know, death, but the journey that we we work together, the journey that she took, that she embarked on, that she really did open herself up to this new way of thinking and shifted so much, like all of that matters. All of it matters. And we can't possibly know how long somebody's going to be here with us or what the soul has planned, right? Um, There's just certain things that we're just not meant to know. And then it's okay. You know, I was listening to um, Zach Bush talk about how, you know, he's a medical doctor. And he was saying he spent a lot of time, like he built this whole hospice care. And he was saying that at the moment of somebody's death, it is better to have them not be medicated, to not numb the pain away, because that very moment that they transition, that's when they actually experience all the love that they like the impact that they made on people. That's when they have that experience and to be fully like aware and present, like in their body, knowing what's going on in that moment really makes a difference in how somebody transitions. And so I always remembered that. I don't know the details of how she transitioned, but I think about that a lot and how, isn't that interesting that we don't want to numb the pain away, even in the last breath that we take. We want to be able to to feel that so that we can experience that one generous God-given moment when we feel that love reflected back to us. All the people in our lives that have that we that we've impacted that have loved us, we get to feel that back. Can you imagine? Like how beautiful is that? So yeah, I just I hope that that's what she felt as she transitioned. So I want to end this podcast now and just dedicate this podcast episode to my dear Leanne, who has taught me so much and who I look forward to continuing this beautiful relationship with. And to all of you that are listening, thank you so much 
Have a beautiful and wonderful and healthy new year. I can't believe it's the end of 2022, but I am very, very excited about this new year and I'm excited for um, just being alive. Yeah. So thank you all. Have a beautiful day. Take care.